0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 5 of the Farscape Rewatch podcast. I am your host, Can't Wear Hats, and joining me. is Red Nightmare! Woo! Hello! Yeah. We've been doing this for a month now. I guess we have, yeah, wow. Yep. <laughs> Well, we hope you've been enjoying it, and we're not You're stopping st- here.
1: You're stuck with us. Yeah. Like, for the next year and a half, we're sorry. <laughs> not, not really sorry.
0: Sorry, not sorry. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but uh, speaking of the future, this episode is indeed back and back and back to the future. But that's its actual title. <laughs> that's its actual title. A lot of the titles for the... I think I'm correct in remembering this bit of trivia, but a lot of the titles for the episodes were kind of fun placeholder titles that the scriptwriters have put in. Mm-hmm. And when they air, they I don't think they have titles on the show. No, I, I haven't seen them. So when they had to put them on like DVD or whatever, they just used the placeholder titles that they had written down. <laughs> Which works way better. So that's why you get some of the silly ones like this, Back and Back and Back to the Future. But it does involve sort of time travel. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of. We'll We'll talk about that. But yeah so why don't we get into it? and we start out with a ship disintegrating in space. Moya has come across this ship that is molecularly destabilizing
1: yeah, it's, it's doing weird turny swirly things greeny lighty things. yes it's I believe probably that the best is description I believe
0: that is the technical term yes, yes that probably is <laughs> and of course, there's a distress signal coming out from people on board who uh, actually look kind of a bit like Luxons. they have like tentacle heads and Makeup prosthetics on the
1: <laughs> like weird weird things that look a bit like beaks on their nose.
0: Yeah, so Maya agrees to uh, bring the shuttle that sort of comes out of that ship as the ship explodes. They decide to bring it on board yeah. and uh, retrieve the crew. And Crichton, uh, Aaron, and Dargo go and check it out.
1: Yeah, basically the the shuttle has landed. Dargo and uh, uh, John run in, take out the two uh, people who are on board, and then John runs back in saying like. I'm going to check if there's anybody else left. And then he sees some weird green thingy and he gets shocked by that. We get a really fun cut where Dargo comes in and says, okay, there's nobody left aboard. The okay, there's nobody left aboard. The okay, there's nobody left aboard. <laughs> With a very nice overlaying effect uh, yeah. on it. Somewhat,
0: I think Dargo's uh, CD is skipping. <laughs> That's what's happening like, here. have a... Uh, uh, aboard. aboard. Okay, there we go.
1: <laughs> Just need to hit it a few times on the side.
0: Yeah, and then Crichton sort of clears his head and he says, "Yeah, I, I heard you the first time." Mm-hmm. So something weird is already going on, and we're in a we're off to a good start. <laughs> and then, of course, the ship that they came from explodes. Oh no, not the the shuttle, but the larger ship that was out yeah. in space disintegrates. And
1: Zahn's uh, like, "There might be anybody else left," and then just goes. Well, and Bryce is just like, "Well, not anymore." With. <laughs> A beautiful smug grin on the puppet. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that one. Rigel Rigel does the smug grin very well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so now we find out about who exactly these people are. There is two of them. There's a male and a female. There's a male named Varel, and a female named Matala. And we find out that they're both of a species called the Alonics. Mm-hmm. and they are apparently doing some science. Yep. Doing science. Yeah, science. Science. It was a uh, scientific apparatus that blew up, and as we know, that, that tends to happen with scientific I mean, apparatus. Science is
1: incredibly dangerous. I've uh, I've lost many a friend to uh, <laughs> Talk- calibrations. <laughs> so
0: once we find, we find out that they're both Atlantics and they're on their way to rendezvous with someone, and immediately, Dargo basically starts acting incredibly out of character.
1: Yeah, he's like... Incredibly helpful and incredibly friendly towards these
0: two people. He's bending over backwards to help them. He's you know, Dargo who normally rebukes people's off you know, requests for help and you know, yeah wants actually, something out of them and
1: Actually he is doing basically that when they find the ship, being like, No no no, we need to go yes, away exactly. until he sees who's on board.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's a good point that he yeah, he doesn't want anything to do with it and then oh no, they're Alanics. Well then Well then.
1: Because Pardon? it turns out that um, Luxons and Alannics are apparently very close allies, even slightly genetically related. Yeah, they're sense.
0: yeah, they're genetic cousins.
1: I think he says. Which does explain why they both have those weird tentacles for hair. Yeah, when I saw them,
0: um, because at this point the only Luxon we've really seen is Dargo. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe the female, maybe the uh, the female is a female Luxon because yeah. they look so similar, but. Uh, the male, Varel, does look a little bit different. He's got kind of I mean, tentacles that come out the side of his head and go straight down rather than down the back of his head like Dargo, for example. I mean,
1: it could have been that Luxons, that, that's the same thing, like having a different hair color, that their tentacles are all yeah, exactly. in different spots. So we've, but we find out,
0: like we said, that they are a different species. So yes. there you go. And they are cl- very close allies with the Luxons, mm-hmm. and they help them out with uh, wars and things. Which uh, explains a bit of
1: Dargo's response.
0: Yeah, but it's really out of character to see him being like, no, please take everything, you know, this ship is yours, and we don't want any payment, <laughs> because nope. Rigel, I agree with what Rigel's trying to do here, because he says, right, <laughs> well,
1: could you pay us? That's like, I mean, if we're going to help you to the rendezvous, they're probably going to be very friendly. And I also like that the um, Alonix are like, yeah, sure. <laughs> the Darker's like, no, 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 no. We wouldn't yeah. want to impose we're not doing this. It. like, they just said yes. <laughs> Give him a discount. Give him a friendship discount. That's fine, Dargo. That's completely okay. You can sell uh, that, but you guys need to survive yourselves.
0: But Dargo's like, it's what my character would do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we're back to this one again. Maybe,
0: right. like, I can't help it. Right, I, that scene in particular felt like Rigel is, you know, the bard who's trying to negotiate for some form of payment, and whoever's playing Dargo is very has this backstory for the character. And is like. No, this is what my character would do. Yeah, like, exactly. they're like they're, like, they're, the par- but... <laughs> and the rest of the party. Group, but the rest of the party is like, God damn it! Really, I, I can respect that. Actually, <laughs> I can
1: respect that in the player. <laughs> also, there's a very tiny bit in this scene that I really liked, which really um, works way better as a later, uh, as this being a later mm. episode in this series. Yeah. That uh, Dargo actually vouches for Aaron. Yeah, right? he does
0: because uh, as we've been saying in the past few episodes some things were broadcast out of order this episode back and back come back to the future was broadcast third in the uk mm. and iet was broadcast fourth so iet comes after this episode in the original uk air date mm-hmm. which doesn't really work because in this episode as we'll see there's a lot of like you said uh dargo vouches for aaron and there's like this relationship between him and John, which is really not there in IET. No. So it like, doesn't make any sense. This, 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 like you said, this works very well as episode five. And as not. episode
1: five, I really like the Elonics. Um, they're like, wait, no, we're not going to say anything to Peacekeepers. And Dargo's like, she's one of us. You can trust her. Which yeah. I really liked. It's yeah. Like, oh, we're at that point already. Good.
0: Yeah, yeah we're five episodes in, and Erin has proved herself that she, you know, is part of this crew and is not just another peacekeeper basically while this has been going on john has been having something weird happen to him
1: <laughs> he's having sexy flashes
0: yeah that's literally my notes my notes say sexy <laughs> visions <laughs> like because... <laughs> he has he has a flash he has a flash where him and matala the female elanic uh, are kind of getting it it. On, getting it on yeah i mean they're fully clothed but she's sort of Moving her hands over him and like working down his butt, it's really kind of whoa, creepy, yeah. And it kind of it comes out of nowhere because it's like wham, suddenly f- vision, and oh god, there, oh oh, ah, and then it sort of flashes back. And Crichton's like, Whoa, the hell just what? happened? <laughs> and they're like, and Aaron says, Well, what's wrong? John's like, I need to go rest, I need to go lie down. Have, yeah. have a cold shower, maybe. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I'll be in my bunk. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, It's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. Pro- 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 I wouldn't worry about it. No, 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 it's, no, fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. Not it's not like he got zapped with weird energy or anything. it's nope. <laughs> So then we have uh, some more scenes between the Alonics and Dargo. We have a bit more of Dargo explaining his backstory kind of to Varel. And he says, you know, I'm not just Alux and I'm a Prisoner, I'm an escapee, escape prisoner. But Varel says, "Well, I owe you my life." And he actually says, "So, what were you in prison for? Is it treason?" And Doug says, "No, it's
1: not treason." And he tries to tell Varel what his crime was, and then Varel's like, "Then I don't care." Yeah, like he he breaks him off after saying that it wasn't treason.
0: Yeah, so he only he would only really care if it was treason. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a little detail rather than I just flat out don't care about your crimes. Yeah, it's so- like.
1: Look, there's a limit to what I care about, after that, it's like, fine. Don't even, don't worry about it. (laughs) Your exile is probably enough punishment as it is.
0: And speaking of exile, he says that, well, okay, if you've been imprisoned for a while, and Dargo tells him it's been eight cycles, then you probably don't know what's going on. And he's like, hmm, don't know. And we find out that the Alonics are at war with a race called the Scorvians.
1: Apparently is... long-standing enemies of the the two people.
0: Yeah, they say it's been going on for about three cycles. And remember that basically the, a cycle is effectively a year, like it's the mm-hmm. conversion to space measurements. <laughs> yes. And there will be more fake words. Wait wait and see. And the Luxons have gone you know, above and beyond their requirements to help out the Alonics and are really uh, being good friends and allies.
1: Yeah, very... Corl says that the troops and everything they've been uh, giving to help the Alonix has been far more than they had to, based on treaties. Sounds like actually having a Luxon as your
0: friend would be a really good thing because yeah, it seems to be like a trait that they, if they are your friend, they will go above and beyond for you. Because as we've seen, Dargo has gone out of his way to help these people without even knowing them at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a nice bit of backstory. Because so they're not just big angry barbarian people.
1: They're also very noble and... Uh, yeah,
0: honourable. Honourable. Mm. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Aaron, because she's of course, suspicious, because they would not really tell her what's inside the pod and what's going on, which, you know, it's fair enough. She's mm-hmm. wants to figure out who these strange people are. Um, she's examining the pod that they came in, and then uh, Matala appears. And so... <laughs> and...
1: Can, I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but can we just say that Matala is incredibly creepy? Like, from the get-go, her the way she talks, the way she looks at people, and the music that underscores it yes. is all very much screaming, She's evil! evil. Yeah, pretty much. She's evil! Ah. Have you noticed that she's evil? Sorry, we forgot the neon sign, but just so you know, evil. she's Evil! Yeah, it's pretty obviously like, set up, Uh yeah. Like I said, only a neon sign could have made it worse.
0: The other problem I had was that Matala is not, her actress is not very good. There's not really a whole lot of subtlety in her performance. No. She's like, oh, I just wanted to help you. It's Yeah, it's, now
1: it's, that you mention it, I hadn't even noticed that. It's. I, I feel that, hmm, yeah.
0: It, it was not There was not a lot of nuance there. No. It was very obviously, I'm kind of
1: hiding something. Which
0: mm. <laughs> kind of works for the
1: character, but also really doesn't. No, I, I, I was not a fan exactly. of it. She's actually, yeah, you're right. I hadn't picked up on that, that because for some reason i never pick up on that. <laughs> but looking back at it, yeah, she's a bad actress. I'm, I'm,
0: sorry. I'm sorry, but it doesn't I'm really very work. I'm
1: sorry, you're, very, you're a lovely person, and I really hope that... You that you've gotten a very good acting career and since then but <laughs> uh, Yes, but oh, I'm no, sorry. it's, it's not, not good. Not that, Not your best performance.
0: It's it's kind of uh, a shame because Varel is perfectly well acted and is done. Yeah, pretty well. I like Varel a lot. He he was really good, but Matala, no, sorry, really kind of hammy and over the top and just mm-hmm. not very, not not very good. Sorry. <laughs> But then, but of course, Matala has appeared in the pod and t- tells Aaron, you know, you don't want to open that hatch. Don't, don't look behind there. It's got loads of data in it. And sensitive equipment. Yeah. Just want
1: to screw up our readings. It's like, eh, fair.
0: But Aaron's like, ah, you know, I think I want to look. But then Dargo turns up and is, you know, Matala talks him into kicking her out. So he's like, so of course he's being way too friendly to them and is like, all mm. right,
1: Aaron, get out. Oh, nice detail here. As she walks out, she shelves uh, a scanner in Dargo's hands. And if you look closely, that's a scanner from IET. They used to find the the chlorium Mmm. So she's looking for some kind of freaky
0: element or something. Probably. Yeah. I just like that they u-
1: reuse that prop. Like, I hey, mean, I know what
0: that is. <laughs> uh, but Erin's suspicions have not been allayed. She's still, you know, heavily suspicious. Mm. She reckons because the ship that they came from it was actually a cruiser. It was a big ship, but it apparently only had the two of them on it. So she thinks that, well, that's a big ship to be doing scientific research on with just two people. Yeah. I was like, yeah, nope, that's fair. I, I would agree with that. And, fair enough. And then we have another sexy vision from Crichton.
1: Ah, uh, while they're talking in, uh, on the table, Crichton is having another ooh, sexy time.
0: Yeah, because we have, uh, I think it's Crichton... Zan and Aaron are all talking together and finding things suspicious mm-hmm. and john 's just kind of daydreaming it 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 just looks like he 's daydreaming with sexy visions <laughs> it's I, like oh i'm- I'm sorry what were you talking about <laughs> and the, actually we have the line where um Erin does not trust Matala, and also she seems to think that uh, Matala is having an effect on the men, which, as far as we can see, is, you know, she actually says, okay, so here's the other fake word I was talking about. She's leading Dargo around by his (laughs) Meevonks.
1: Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, And
0: um, for those of you keeping score at home, Meevonks are balls. (laughs) (laughs) They're
1: testicles.
0: My God. I mean, if you've got to get things past the senses, that's one way to do it. I mean, hey, it works. (laughs) But yeah, I think, I mean, it's a pretty fair assumption because she's got Dargo wrapped around her little finger
1: and Crichton is having sexy flashes of her. I like that Aaron says, like, she's clearly having an effect on you. And Crichton gets very defensive, like, no, that's that's BS. I mean, I don't think we're even compatible, are we? And as he walks out, having had another vision, Aaron's like, What's wrong with him? And then Zant says something, and I'm like, oh, the, oh that's, that's cold, Zant. As he says, like, he's Crichton. Like, <laughs> ow. Oh, I had expected at this point that you've been a bit more sympathetic to
0: him. but I mean, hmm. he's, an, well, he's a nice guy, he's helpful, but from their point of view, he's completely crazy. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> now Darko has gone to see Varel, and, well, he reveals that he has feelings for Matala. Yeah, to Varel. To Varel, yeah, he's like do you want her? He's like, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, uh, uh. We have kind of a little bit of shy Dargo, where he's Aww. like, no, I I should, I couldn't possibly. And Pharrell says, no, no, go for it, dude. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. she clearly wants you.
0: She wants the D. <laughs>
1: oh, and I love that, just as he said, that Metala, suddenly she shows up on the other side. I'm like, how long have you been listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get stated, I'm like, I think you've been there the whole time, haven't you? And then we get
0: cock blocking Crichton.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that scans beautifully. Yeah.
0: Oh, cock blocking Crichton. <laughs> because yeah. while Dargo and Matala are having this very close scene where they're. You know, looking into each other's eyes. And then Crichton says, like, Dargo, can I talk to you? For a moment. For a moment, please. please. <laughs> and, uh, oh. I
1: love God, know, I love Dargo's response. And then he's like, ah, friend Crichton. Uh, hello.
0: <laughs> ah, friend Crichton. How good to see you.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, it's that one he was hitting at. I thought it was being just incredibly awkward.
0: I, I, I saw it as him saying, like, through clenched teeth, of like, oh. It's my friend. I'll oh, go away <laughs> <laughs> But Crichton is trying to figure out what's going on with the flashes, so he says to Dargo like, Do Elonics have uh pheromones? Like do they have psychic powers that make you want to, you know, have sex with them? And Dargo's like, You just you just fancy Matala, don't you? you just back off. Just <laughs> back like, off, man. She's mine. That's basically what he says. And John's like, Well, no, dude, I don't. I totally don't. And Dargo does not believe him. No, he's, he growls at him. It's like, Back off. He's like, Okay. He's like, You stop thinking about her. <laughs> and so Crichton's like, Well, alright, this isn't helping. Then we have another vision. This time, it's not Sexy Times. No. Nope. It is uh, Crichton talking to Aaron. and she's asking where Dargo is. And, you know, is he still acting like Varela and Mittala's servant? Yeah. <laughs> then we flash back to Crichton, just where he was just now. So he gets up and walks away. And then in the corridor, Aaron comes up to him and asks him where Dargo is.
1: And if he's still being the servant <laughs> to Matala and Varela. Like, oh. And John's like, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm seeing the future. Future. And then Matala walks by and is like, I'm seeing the future.
0: Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also, I want to mention this episode also guest starring Claudia Black's abs. By the way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, why, why is she wearing such a high top? It well, doesn't we- seem like something. She's <laughs> basically wearing a crop top, like. But then, <laughs> like, she's clearly worked out and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like complete washboard, but they're clearly there. It's like. Yeah. Huh. She's been, she's been prepping for this role.
0: <laughs> that's the other thing is that it actually makes a ton of sense because she's a peacekeeper
1: soldier, so you have to be physically fit for that. And it, actually, thinking about it, I'm like, why is she wearing such a... she's a soldier. And then I was like, right, peacekeepers can't regulate their heat. So it's yeah. still like that's the universe explanation for her wearing such a top. But it I kind mean, of makes we sense. We know why she's wearing that. Mm, let's mm. be
0: honest, they're very much on display in this episode. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's another flash of the future that Crichton sees,
1: yeah. where he sees Dargo finding Varel dead. Yeah. So that's a thing. And then Matala shows up and first stuns Jon, then breaks Dargo's neck, and then breaks Jon's neck.
0: Yeah, she kills both of them. in the. And fish. he
1: flashes back and is like, oh god, I oh, just no. felt that. It's like, it's not just a vision, he's feeling and acting. And yeah. He's is, experiencing it.
0: Yeah, this isn't just a daydream. No. Um, like narratively this is great because previously it could just have been like uh, pheromones or sexy flashes mm-hmm. or like but he's just found out that it is in fact visions of the future and then yeah, the next vision, he
1: made a small jump
0: yeah and then the next vision is oh something bad's gonna go down oh so then he realizes he's got to do something
1: and then while he's sitting there he's like okay i need to do something we hear Matala scream right
0: yeah we yeah, hear, yeah we
1: hear a scream and then we cut to uh, John trying to stop Dargo at uh, the loading base. Like, don't go in there. What? Why not? Because she, she's going to kill us. She might actually already have killed Pharrell, okay? Don't. Dargo's like, seriously, you're stooping this slow? Yeah, he's no, like, really?
0: You will say anything to get Matala for yourself,
1: basically. No, 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 no. No, that's not what I'm doing. Listen to me. Use your ears or whatever. Hope I don't know what you're using to listen to me. Just use it. <laughs> I love that bit. I don't know what
0: you're using, but use it. Ears, tentacles, I don't know. And then um, Varel comes out of the room and says, Matala actually just left with Eren. Yeah. They're going to go do some combat training together. By the way, I like that in this scene, we've just seen John and Dargo arguing, then Varel comes out. And turns out Dargo is carrying a tea tray with some tea on it for (laughs) Varel. Oh, thank you. But then after this, Eren and Matala have gone to go do some combat training, and uh, they're having a fight.
1: having a a scrap. And, yeah, can I just say this is the most ridiculous fighting style I've ever seen. Oh, my God, space fighting. I I mean, I trained Jiu-Jitsu, like, uh, twice a week, and I'm only a yellow belt at this point. I barely had any training. Hmm. But I can assure you this, I could easily kick their asses (laughs) if they're doing this. I mean, yeah, in that fight. This is ridiculous. It's
0: that typical thing of, like, okay, this is space, this is, you know,
1: aliens... We have to have a completely different fighting style so they're waving their hands high high around it's like no they just fighting styles are based on what a body can't do if the physiology is the same the fighting style will end up being the same like they're standing there with their sort
0: of legs fairly close together and they just raise their hands above their head that's like like, you're putting your body weight (laughs) way too high way easier to throw you around so what i find (sighs) is that okay that stance is ridiculous once they get fighting... That's actually pretty good. It's actually really good because, again, we actually do see a difference in that Matala
1: um, is kind of, I think, a little bit more uh, controlled. Yeah, she's she's a bit more, um, with the risk of insulting Eren graceful. A little bit graceful. Well, yeah, because
0: Eren pulls out things like a headbutt.
1: Yeah, and- <laughs> which, by the way, wasn't necessary there at all. She didn't no. have to do a headbutt. That was showing off, but still, I like that.
0: But Eren seems to be a lot more brutal in her
1: fighting yeah, style. She's Just, a lot more aggressive. yeah. Which but, makes sense for her character. Yeah, and actually,
0: like I said, once it once that all starts happening, the fight the fight scene is actually pretty okay. Yeah, <laughs> that fucking stupid. Like, yeah,
1: that, that stance. I mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Aaron knocks her down a couple of times, and then Metala knocks Aaron down with a with a strange, weird strike, which is the same thing we saw in John's vision of the three fingers kind of pulled up above her head and then like whap down onto kind of like her. Uh, shoulder area which knocks her mm-hmm. out. It's like a stunning blow or something. Stunning strike. I like, Some sort of Vulcan nerve punch. And then Matala just leaves after that. And yep. it's like, Thanks for the exercise. <laughs> See you loser. And then Zan finds her on the way out and it's like, Okay, why did your ship really explode? Something's up here.
1: Yeah, we're getting anomalous readings, so. Yeah,
0: something's up with Moya. It sounds like Moya might be out of balance, which is how they refer to the problem with their
1: ship, mm-hmm. is the phase was out of balance. It's actually stupid, because before that scene, she asked Rigel, like, Rigel, you've been here the longest. Do you feel that Moya's different? It's like, nope, no, not at all. I'm like, you know, you could have just asked Pilot. <laughs> like, we... that's kind of the person who's been here the longest, probably.
0: Yeah, I did like the bit with Rigel, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But oh, the fact like... that... <laughs> Ask Pilot. Like, she,
1: don't ask Rigel.
0: But then she says to Rigel, "Like you know her sounds and all that. And Actually, I like that bit of backstory that he's been on Moya the longest.
1: Outside, outside of Pilot. If that's a setup for later, I actually approve of doing it this way.
0: Yeah, but yeah, Zahn is not buying it. She knows something's up. She's in tune with Moya, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Matala asks her about Crichton, but Zahn's uh, <laughs> so like, no, he's, he's a little too complex for you.
1: You're not going to figure that out while you're here.
0: What's the female version of don't stick your dick in crazy?
1: <laughs> it's... it's, it's oh, oh, God, I hadn't realized that's what the song was meant. Basically. Oh. oh, I thought it was, was to protect John, but it's actually to protect Matala. It's or... probably
0: a bit of both. Actually, you're right, it probably is as much to protect John. In fact, it probably is more to
1: protect John. Yeah, because at this point, Zahn's like, no, you stay away from that man. You pe- like, Not that I'm claiming him, it's just like, I don't want to subject him to you. I don't trust you, as well. Yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: So then, Zahn, having got nothing out of goes to speak to Varel, who then says, well, the subsystem that it happened in on our ship, well, Leviathans don't have that, so yeah, you'll be fine. Zan, Zahn's still like... And then Crichton has gone to uh, speak to Rigel, and Mm -hmm. then has another flash of the future, which is, these are coming more frequently now, I think.
1: Yeah. And And he's, again, he's in the hangar bay. Varel is dead again. Dargo walks in. Interestingly, what I really like in this it's a very nice detail. Is that every time Dargo walks in, John's already there. Varel is dead with a knife in his back. Yet, Dargo doesn't assume it was John. He doesn't straight go for his throat. Yeah. It's like, though, that's. What's going Hang... on? Yeah. yeah, that's his response.
0: Well, but... yeah, because we have had that bond between the two of them. Yeah. He might suspect John of uh, trying to get Matala, but he doesn't think John would just straight up kill Varel yeah.
1: with no reason. He, he, he has no reason to assume that.
0: I like that, and again, this is why this works better as a later episode, because mm-hmm. you've seen that bond be uh, built up between the two of them. Yep. So in the future vision, we've found Varel's unconscious, Patala's attacks, and then he blocks the attack this time because he's ready for it, and then yeah. falls face first into Rigel's food in the present.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, <It's> like <laughs> still gets punched and is like, oh! And Zant's also there and is like, what's
0: going on? Uh, Yeah, and uh, meanwhile Varel has told Dargo the actual truth. And they were testing a weapon to help the Illanics win the war. Yeah, it needs a containment field. But Moyo's fine.
1: There's no danger. No No danger.
0: danger. And then he says, Dargo, you can't tell anyone. Keep it a secret. So it's like, okay, Dargo, we know that these people are like Lux and blood
1: relatives. Blood allies.
0: Yeah, but... That seems like an important thing, like that it's a weapon.
1: Yeah, like this This sounds like something you should at least tell your friends. Yeah.
0: Again, he's kind of a bit out of character of like, this is really warping his perspective. Mm. So Crichton has explained to Zan what's been happening. He's having visions of what he thinks are the future. And she says, well, you should try and alter the future then. He says, well, i kind
1: of tried that. It's like, I mean, I, I considered locking myself up, but then they'd probably still c- kill Pharrell, so that's not really a solution to the problem. Yeah, because if he locks
0: himself in his room, then he can't be a part of it, but her intent is still there, and no one knows about it, and it's, yeah. she'll, she'll so find a way to do it.
1: It, it looks like he finds Pharrell already yeah. dead, so he he won't end up finding him. But that's the only difference here.
0: And But he wonders, well, why would she want to do that? I don't get it. And he drops a mask. He's been holding a, like, a kind of blue mask that... Uh, mm-hmm. Is in Zan's quarters and he drops it and it shatters. And oh, Zan, like, Zan's like, oh, that, that's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very clearly not okay, but she's being, she's S- being Zan.
0: She's being sympathetic, yeah. Because yeah. John is very shaken at this point. He's kind mm. of like,
1: I'm freaking out. <laughs> in this case, it, he's like, screw it, they're going to have to talk to me. So I, he walks downstairs. He, he's looking for Varel at that point, but he finds Matala and it's like, okay, you tell me what's going on. She's like, I don't know what you're th-. And he just, out of because he's no he he's seen what she's capable of. He just grabs a piece of wood. Yes, yeah, there's like a just, wood. stay back, stay back.
0: <laughs> and then Dargo uh, enters the room,
1: and it immediately she she drops to the floor like she's been hit. Yeah, she's like I'm um, very clever.
0: Yeah, very cunning. It's like oh, he's attacked
1: me. Oh, help me. Yeah, he told me I had to pleasure him,
0: uh, or and, otherwise he'd hurt me. And it's like oh, oh no. And then Dargo stabs Crichton with his blade
1: he skewers him
0: so here's the thing is like we've said already that there's a bond between john and dargo and that uh, you know dargo doesn't immediately suspect crime which is why this feels a
1: little bit wrong it's the fact that the scene is different i mean when he just sees the body with john there it it doesn't trigger but the fact that Matala's is on the ground john is holding a piece of wood well yeah and she's and the kicker is that she tells him that John wanted to uh, metabolize pleasure. pleasure her. That's pleasure what triggers Dargo completely. Well, yeah, but I still
0: I find it a little bit much that he just straight up stabs John in the stomach. Okay, yeah. Fair. I would have expected him to like knock John out or just pull, pull him up a gun point. Pull a gun, gun on him, yeah. But anyway, he stabs Crichton through the stomach. So that's the end of the show, right?
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> dead. Well, that's it.
0: But he nope. uh, e- rewind back and also, at the end of that vision, Metallic gets up and then kills Pharrell and Dargo <laughs> with, with, the, with the same nerve also, strength yeah. But uh, it then zaps back to uh, John sitting in Zan's quarters holding the mask. Which actually,
1: like, as the mask falls backwards, it's like right. it becomes whole again. It goes back into his hand. We have
0: the like reverse shot of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we have the line again from Zan of, well, you
1: should try changing the future. And then he's like, it's like I, I
0: just did just that. I tried that. I
1: breaks the, the mask again by squeezing it to like,
0: oh, Whoa. dear.
1: Because then, again, he's like, well, I felt that. I felt I being... felt it. It sounds like I'll go talk to him. Like what? Give me a character reference? I felt the blade go through
0: my guts. And then Eren comes in. Um, and enter Eren and, and Gestar. Claudia Black's abs again because so, this shot is kind of from John's point of view sitting down so you're looking up but then she has done a bit of her own detective work and mm. she's figured out that Matala is actually not elonic. no she she's... is dun 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 a scorpion <gasps>
1: what
0: and she must have been surgically altered actually she says it must have been genetic surgery but... yeah genetic
1: surgery she calls it
0: so she's been altered to look like an elonic. And then then we have the reveal of this is actually the future and everyone else believes Crichton because Crichton says, well, did you see the death strike? And then she's like, yeah, how did you know? It's like, I saw the future. Because um, the reason Aaron knows that...
1: <laughs> I remember because like, uh, Crichton's been saying that, that he's uh, experiencing the future and Aaron's response is, what, the future? He can barely function in the present. It's like, oh, everyone's being mean to John today. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's like, wow need
0: some ice for that burn <laughs> totally. but yeah, Eren has actually figured out from fighting Matala that she's not Ilonic.
1: yeah, because she fights like a scorpion which I very like yeah. uh, detective work style
0: and so they're like, oh, well alright, you must actually be seeing the future then and he says that he thinks that Dargo is in on the secret and knows what they were actually doing mm. and Eren says, well why don't you jo- just go ask him and, but Crichton says
1: mmm, try no. that, it didn't work
0: yeah, Dargo is way too protective of uh, the two Elanics, so he won't tell us. Okay, then we just storm in there and make them tell us what's going on. Nope, doesn't work either. Yep, and Zahn says, well, we should try separating them. And then Pilot gets on the comms and says, hey, you know that phase imbalance? That's yeah. the thing. Moya's got a phase imbalance, and it's yeah. getting worse.
1: And Zahn's like, oh, in that case, we'll just ask Dargo to come up. I think that's Aaron's suggestion, yeah. She's oh, like, yeah, actually. She's like, okay,
0: in that case, we can split them very easily. We'll tell Dargo to come and help out in command and then go talk to them separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, one Alonic will stay behind to watch the pod, yeah. and so you can split them up. While they're trying to get this set up, John is kind of stumbles across Dargo and Matala having a conversation, and mm-hmm. he's, he's hiding out the way so that they don't see him. Mm-hmm. And um, Dargo asks, why can't we tell the others? So this is good. I like this. Because what I said before, like, Dargo
1: would want to... Like to inform the others, his friends. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and he's not just blindly being like, all right, sure, sounds good, which I like, because that gives Dargo a bit of intelligence, you know? And then Matala says, well, we can't trust them. And, you know, Dargo, hey, you should join up with us. Be a soldier for the Alanic War.
1: Yeah. And this is this is very important reveal, Dargo's oh, like, yeah. I can't, I'd love to, but I can't, because the actual crime I committed, not the one I've been telling these people, yeah. actual crime, Yeah, that Ooh. would not work. That's apparently, the reveal. Yeah, because Dargo has, thus far Dargo has said that he's been locked up because he killed a superior officer. Yeah. Which is already pretty freaking bad. Mm-hmm. And apparently, apparently that's... It, his actual crime is worse, because yeah. that superior officer is a lie.
0: Yeah, that is an entirely false and apparently what he did was very bad. Yeah. And now John knows that because he's been spying on this conversation.
1: We don't we don't hear what the crime is.
0: No, we still don't know because no. again, this is setting up some intrigue and in the fact that I think if they just
1: dump the whole thing
0: right now Yeah, it, you it, know,
1: it's more interesting to, uh, to, to have this reveal go slower in the series.
0: Leave that thread hanging for later. Yeah. It's like, we'll come back to
1: that later. <laughs> I, also, in this scene, there's, there's a beautiful moment that Matala is like, look, there might be spies in here. And the Dargo's like, I assure you, there is no Scorpion spy on board this ship. <laughs> and it's like, oh, the irony in that statement, Dargo. Oh, oh, I, love, I love that he's saying that, that. He's absolutely certain that there is not a <laughs> Scorpion spy on this ship.
0: So, Crichton
1: has gone and
0: found Pharrell and is asking him, okay, what were you really doing? What's going on here? We need to know what's up. Yeah. So, because... I know you're lying. And Matala is a Scorpion agent. And then he actually tells him that he's been seeing visions of the future. And, you know, what's all that about? And then we find out Varel knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because he says it's temporal dislocation. And he must have been exposed to the thing they're actually
1: doing. The a-
0: qu- quantum singularity.
1: A.K.A. a black hole. A black hole, which... Uh, Actually, a piece of a black hole, Dimension. I know, and Uh, this is where my rant starts. Yeah. I wore wore hats about this before we started recording, Yeah. I would be having a rant about this, and this is where we start having this rant, because this makes no freaking sense. You can't have a piece of a black hole. Even in theory, if you could, even if you had a tiny piece of a black hole, what a black hole is nothing more then an insane amount of density crammed, uh, I'm mean, sorry, an insane amount of mass crammed into an incredibly tiny point.
0: Well, okay, so a singularity, basically the dimensions of a singularity are such that any amount of mass, but contained within an infinitesimally small space.
1: Yeah, which means that gravitationally it's insane. Well, okay, all right. Well, actually, Actual uh, science yeah. fact time. I, that, that was actually why I wanted to talk about this, because I know you have a better answer to this. Number. Actual science
0: fact time. So, just by itself, a black hole is not any different gravitationally. I mean, okay. Yeah. So, I, sorry so here's get... the thing. If the sun turned into a black hole right now, we would continue to orbit in the exact same orbit that we have.
1: We'd all die because there's no sun. We'd all anymore. die because there's there no
0: sun, yeah. But it doesn't. gravity doesn't increase when something becomes a black hole what actually is the mass, uh, the, mass it, stays the mass doesn't the, change yeah. it's
1: just the size that Yeah produces. the
0: mass stays the same but what happens is you can get closer and closer to the source of the uh, gravity so the great so the force of gravity increases as you get closer Mhm and you can get right up to it so that the force of gravity is inescapable basically
1: Yes the event horizon The event That's horizon the
0: Yeah and beyond that you can't get you can't escape the gravity
1: because even light at that point going out isn't, is not pulled in faster than it's traveling outwards. Yeah,
0: the, the reason that works, because light doesn't have a mass, but what light does is it follows a straight line in space. It follows what are called geodesic curves, which is mm-hmm. whatever the mathematical straight line is in local space-time. And in a black hole, that space-time is warped so much that that straight line just goes around and around
1: and around and does
0: not yeah. go away from the black hole. That's why light gets trapped, even though it has no mass.
1: Which is also why it's called a black hole, because there's nothing there. There's no light coming off it, because any light that shines on it just gets trapped and never comes yeah. out.
0: Actually, yeah, black holes by themselves, we can detect black holes because they get an accretion disk of matter coming into it, which mm-hmm. gets superheated and produces x-rays. Ah. Huh. And And other stuff like that. So that's what you look for when you look for a black hole. But the point is that a black hole, it's... Uh, the size of the actual black hole not just the event horizon is infinitesimally small which means it cannot be you can't 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 take a piece of it yeah you cannot divide that any further so you can't just Uh, go in there with like a cake slice and cut a bit out and put it away. Also, the effects... sorry go ahead and also okay so you think well alright maybe somehow through science through science fiction-y magic they extracted matter from the black hole and kept it at that density that's not a piece of a black hole that's another black hole yeah exactly like if also you, if you could split a black hole in half and keep it at the same um, you know infinitesimal density or just the infinitesimal, black, it would you would have two black holes
1: you'd just have two black holes of half the
0: mass I, exactly which is also you can't I'm do that black but, hole, but yeah
1: <laughs> but also what I it's like and the other part is like Apparently, a black hole is having these effects on John. It's like, no. Okay, so black holes have a lot of effect on time. I'll admit that, but they can't do this. I mean, it's so
0: the thing that they say is that the quantum singularity is part of a weapon that they're developing for the Ilonic uh, War. Ah, oh, I see what you're getting at. So it's possible that the black hole is simply something like a power source. Yeah, that could be the case. Um. And uh, these temporal. I mean, also, it's science fiction, so I'll give them a bit of leeway with certain things. The phrase, a piece of a black hole, is really what I have issue with here. <laughs> I mean, I think part of it is that they read up that black holes can affect time and just yeah, went with I that. Think <laughs> they went with that. Cause because as, cause, uh, what is actually happening in a black hole is gravity affects your relative uh, perception of time. So, like, the higher the gravity is, the, the slower time moves. Well, the sl- no, the slower you see time. Yeah, no, the slower time. From moves. the
1: outside, the uh, time Look, seems to be going slower. Oh oh
0: God, this always messes me up. Okay, so yeah. Let, from... let me let me let me get the the thought experiment. So it's if you were to watch somebody fall into a black hole, mm-hmm. uh, you standing outside the black black hole would see their clocks start to run slower and slower until they basically freeze and get um, get, you know, turn invisible because they're light uh,
1: their light doesn't escape. It gets it, it, red.
0: It yeah. gets redshifted away, yeah. in, into a, a spectrum that you can't see. Mm-hmm. So, from the person falling into the black hole's point of view, the other person's clock starts to run faster, and then everything speeds up and just goes away.
1: Disappears. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the idea.
0: So, yeah, it's not it's technically I mean, the black hole itself. It's the fact that it warps gravity and therefore it. warps time around it. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. So it's. If you want a very good um, depiction of what a black hole would do, I'd recommend watching an episode of Stargates.
0: Yes, 38 minutes, I think. Oh, 38 minutes. Yeah,
1: that, that might, yeah. Didn't, actually, didn't, you're right. It's probably 38 e- minutes. Didn't even have to look that up. <laughs> <That's> like, badass. <laughs> I was going to look it up, but Hats was already. Yeah, because in that one, they accidentally open, a, uh, open the, the Stargate to a planet with a black hole, and yeah. time just starts slowing down the closer they get to the gate. Yeah, which Uh, is—I mean—I really like that episode because of that. Yeah, that's basically what told me everything I know about black holes, and surprisingly, pretty
0: accurate. It's actually not bad. It's better than this episode, let's be honest, in terms of its accuracy. But like, I'm willing to give it some leeway because it's sci-fi, you Mm. know, farscape. But anyway, so far
1: off, I actually have to deduct points for this. But anyway, (laughs) that's fair.
0: No, no, that is fair. In fact, he says it's a piece of a black hole. And it's like, uh, okay. We don't actually find out what the weapon really does other than it uses a black hole and can affect time, so who knows. Um, but Varel says it's the ultimate weapon, so it's got that going for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Bringing in endorsement. And then, of course, in a refreshing change of pace, Matala ac- attacks Crichton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she shows up, she's like, aha! what uh,
0: Damn it. And then again. He, he calls for Aaron, but then Matala knocks everyone the F out gets in the pod that they came in and tries to get away, and then Erin shoots it with her uh, rifle as Which it lifts off. Idea. Because then the weapon on board that just starts to go crazy, and it blows up and destroys Moya.
1: Actually, what happens, what I think happens, is that the black hole the containment of the piece of the black hole fails. Right. And basically Moya gets sucked into it.
0: Yeah, because we have the CG shot from
1: outside of Moya crumpling in on itself. So yeah, yeah you're probably right. Crumpling into it. Infant there's something small point. Yeah, there you go. And then John is back in Zant's chambers and
0: Yeah, and then we've just whoop reround that whole bit <laughs> and he's got the mask in hand again. And then she says, Maybe you should try changing the future
1: <laughs> And actually I love what he does next is that he pushes the box away that was close I mean, to him. He doesn't say anything, he's just completely his face is completely full of shock. He put gently puts the mask on the ground stands up and steps on the mask breaking it. Yeah. And it's like I really like that he's... scene because one, he's showing that how serious he is at this point. Like, like I'm not messing Zan around. That that's not something he would do even though she thinks he's completely crazy. No. And two, John just got sucked into a black hole and remembers it. Yeah. I can't imagine how much sh- how what that does to a
0: human mind. So yeah, here's something I wanted to talk about in this episode. Like from that is that up till now, Crichton has been kind of out of his depth, but still relatively well adjusted. He's kind of trying to figure out what he's doing, and he's been a regular guy who's been mm-hmm. going along with these crazy schemes. And if you are watching along and you are rewatching this uh, Farscape, having watched it before you'll probably be more familiar with Crichton being a little bit more unhinged and a little mm. bit more kind of off the wall. And this is where we start to see that.
1: Which makes sense after experiencing that. Yeah,
0: He's starting to get a little bit crazier and a little bit more...
1: I mean, I can imagine he's died three times in this episode already. Yeah. Broken little... neck, sore through gut. Such, um... Sucked
0: into a black hole.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially the last one. It's like... Spaghettifying is burning incredibly painful.
0: That is spaghettifying as that, when you as you fall into a black hole, you'll become stretched and stretched and stretched. Yeah, as because the, gravity... the
1: molecules that are closer to the black hole get pulled in faster than the molecules that are further away from the yeah, black hole. Because... so basically you're just your molecules are being torn apart. Yeah, because the force I of gravity
0: is basically uh, goes out uh, radially. So the closer you get to something, the bigger the force is. The difference like, at some point in falling into a black hole the difference in gravity between your feet and your head, if you're falling in feet first, Mm -hmm. is such that it is, first of all, painful, because they're being pulled in harder,
1: and then it gets to the point where you start to disintegrate. Also, interesting part, don't forget that we just mentioned that falling into a black hole uh, basically means that at some point your clock goes slower and slower and slower. So that experience isn't contained to a single moment. It's stretched out. Well, no... Here's the thing, you experience oh, time. Right. Is... Yeah, I forget. You experience time uh, uh, at no, the exact nothing... same rate. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, my, time, my mistake. Time... Thank God for John.
0: Time is relative, yes. basically. But yeah, Thank God. God
1: for John. Yeah, and. Um, I mean, thank God for that for John.
0: Yeah, so he's kind of getting a bit unhinged.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine.
0: But uh, So he's like, right, okay, we're going to sort this out right now. And, uh, and i have done. And then John is basically shortcutting everything that people are trying to tell
1: them. <laughs> because he already knows. He's already heard it. Yeah. Poilet, we know about the phase disembalance. Yes, we know she's Scorpion Strike. No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. I've tried that. I think they should have won, but anyway. Um... And then he says, Dago's the key to this,
0: and we have to get Matala away and try something new. So, Zan goes to Dargo and asks him to go speak with Rigel, who actually, other than a couple of scenes, hasn't really been in this episode very he's much. just been eating. <laughs> actually, yeah, the most of this episode. It's exactly what he's been doing. He's eating. been, because uh, Dargo offered to give, you know, the Elanix uh, a bunch of food and uh, and Rigel was like well he's not getting my food so he just starts eating all of it also they
1: didn't, he didn't finish all the food it's like okay then I'm not making it go to waste <laughs> it makes sense really I, I agree with Rigel on this one <laughs> so yeah and
0: Zahn <laughs> says uh, Rigel has presented a bill for the Illanics <laughs> to charge them for all the food and stuff and which is I mean it's not true well, but it's very believable I
1: mean that's exactly what Rigel would do that's what I expect him to do <laughs> I mean I wouldn't be surprised if despite this like he was actually thinking about that (laughs) yeah so then he gets
0: obviously very upset Dargo does and then goes with Zan to find Rigel but instead Crichton and Aaron are waiting for him in command and break down what's been going on with the premonitions but Dargo doesn't believe them and thinks they're just trying to separate him from the Illanix and all that and then Crichton actually I I quite like this because Crichton says I want to speak to Dargo alone yeah, the lady uh Zahn and Eren get out. Yeah. Um So then Dar- then Crichton reveals to Dargo that I saw a vision in the future where you tell Matala the crime you com- you were imprisoned that you say you're imprisoned for is a lie and that I
1: know that there's something else going on. I like that actually what he does is he says he doesn't say that he doesn't know what the real crime is. He d- he just doesn't say it out loud. Yeah. He just says I know that there's another crime that you've actually committed, and Zargo's face in this, the actor portraying him... Yeah, Anthony Simico. Beautiful. Yeah. Pure shock.
0: Yeah, and again, that's how Crichton convinces Zargo that, no, this is all true. It's like, this is something that only you know about, and how do I know about it? Because I've seen the future.
1: Yeah, you've um, never told me, you've never told anybody on this ship, and that's how I, from a different planet in through room will know this. And what I
0: like about the scene is that even though Jon has been killed by Dargo in the future vision, mm-hmm. and has been, you know, growled at for trying to take his girl and all that stuff, he still respects Dargo enough to not out him in front of everybody else.
1: Yeah, he, he... asked the other... Xan and Eren to leave. Yeah, so he's I like... I really like that.
0: Yeah, he knows that it wasn't some it's something that A, he was not supposed to hear... And B, that he got from the future. So it's, you know, it's information. he can't unknow it, but he's not going to... And he's going to use it, but he's not going to abuse it. And so, yeah, like, he still very much respects Dargo enough to do that. I thought that was really good and shows, like, John's strength of character that he's not going to blab to everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Because he knows that Dargo is being kind of manipulated, I think. So he he probably feels a bit sorry for him. He's like, okay, this is... You're being strung along here.
1: Yeah, and he's, he's really like, I'm very sorry that this is the case, but this is actually what's happening.
0: So Crichton has said that Matala is actually the real enemy here. Because mm-hmm. once he's revealed that he's seen the future, he's like, she's a Scorpion spy, and you know you should not trust her, and she's going to try and kill everybody, basically. Yeah. And then the Alanic cruiser that uh, they were going to rendezvous with, which is where you know they've been taking them this whole time, uh, has arrived. It's here, early, early, a little bit early, mm. yeah, yeah. But, uh, actually, if, uh, a few uh, errands early. Oh god! Early. And you know we were saying a few, oh uh, yeah, a few arns early, Arns early, yeah, which <laughs> yes. is ours. Ours. yeah. Ugh. And um, again, remember what we said earlier about uh, Matala being very obviously evil. Mm. There's a scene. Where- Oh yeah! <laughs> it's like, how long until the uh, cruiser gets here? And she says, "Sooner than you think." Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, are you even trying to not be evil? <laughs>
1: you're, you're a horrible spy. You're
0: the Goddamn worst Lana. spy in the freaking like, galaxy. Oh. It's like, oh, sooner than you think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh. Jesus oh, <laughs> She's. I'm not a fan of her character to be perfectly honest it's not very well done i think but the alonic cruiser has arrived for the rendezvous but very wisely they figure out that and dargo is actually very helpful in this team because they say well they might not be alonics if they could just be scorpions posing as alonics because apparently that's the thing that they do as we've found like, out Especially
1: because it could be um the, sh- the outside of the ship could be look like alonic but the inside could definitely be just full of scorpions
0: uh, yeah, they said the outside could be Alonic, the inside could be scorpions just like Matala, they actually say. Ah. <laughs> Which I thought was nice. Um and so Dargo says that okay, Alonics and Scorvians look nothing like each other. So if they don't make visual contact, then you know that they're Yeah, then you have your answer. Yeah. And sure enough when they they send over a comms thing on the little holographic projector. Um, and they say, We are having a uh, comms malfunction. We can't make visual contact. It's like, Aaron's like, Okay, give me give manual control.
1: I'll start dodging.
0: Yeah, because uh, John's like, Okay, can we starburst out of here? Pilot says, No, we don't have time. Uh, we can't outrun them normally, but Aaron is a good enough pilot to outmaneuver them.
1: Yeah, she can basically dodge the main gun.
0: Yeah. So then Dargo and Crichton confront Matala and Varel and asking, Who are you really, Matala? And Varel's like, what? No, Who? what are you talking about? I don't get... And then she pulls a knife out and stabs him. <laughs>
1: Actually, she holds him hostage. Oh, right. And she's like, okay, drop your gun, Push, uh, shove it towards me. And what I really like is that Darko puts it down and shoves it to the side between two barrels. Like, I'll put it away, but I'm not giving you my gun and ki- yeah. kill us all.
0: Yeah, I won't put it somewhere you can easily reach it. Yeah. Which is a good idea, although it bites him in the ass in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> because then so she realizes the jig is up, and she switches to what is apparently a Scorpion voice, which yeah, is like, like You like, won't get me!
1: <laughs> it's even more evil. Like, I oh, itched. Wow. It's, it's creepy. It's like, uh. Now I'm truly evil!
0: <laughs> In case I wasn't obviously evil enough oh, before. So. <laughs> Subtle is not a word I would use to describe Matala. <laughs> <laughs> then she attacks Crichton and Dargo and manages to get into the pod. Mm-hmm. Because she's been holding Varel hostage, and then um, that—that's when she stabs him.
1: Yeah, and then she stabs him, grabs the research, and leaves.
0: Yeah, and she's trying to escape in the pod, and, and then, she's got away in the pod. But Varel still has his remote control, and he's still got enough uh, life in him to operate the hatch, which uh, has the con- which is the containment unit for the black hole.
1: Yeah, and he just basically just says. Out. He he, just he he basically self destructs. tries to self destruct that thing.
0: Because yeah, uh, when I say Dago throwing his gun away, uh, kind of bit him bit in the butt, it's because he then has to scrabble for it and can't easily reach the gun. <laughs> and he yeah. He's like spends an amount of time trying to root around behind some crates
1: to get it. And then he tries to shoot the shuttle, and John's like, no, 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 no. i, saw... I see what happens when we, when we try to do that. Let's not. Yeah. I've so... seen this episode. It's not that good. Like. <laughs> so then he flies. So run.
0: <laughs> yeah. So then Metallo's flight out, and uh,
1: Varel activates the thing remotely. And... and John's like, he looks to one side and then to the other, and he's like, Oh, pilot, I need Starburst right now. Right now, right
0: now, Yo, Starburst. I don't care what the risks are, just do it. And so they do, and they just manage to get away in time uh, as the uh, ship, as the pod explodes.
1: Well, actually, what happens is basically the pod implodes, and yeah. it also pulls the Aloni- the fake Elonic cruiser in as well, and it just goes.
0: So they all, they all get uh, crushed to death.
1: Yep, they, got, uh, they basically get crushed into an infin- infinitesimally small point.
0: Yep, that's got to hurt. So, <laughs> but, oh, but the crew of Moya have got away. Sadly, uh, Varel was actually killed mm-hmm. by uh, Matala. But the uh, Scorpions didn't get the Illonic weapon, so yep. that's and all right. John, and
1: John apologizes to Dargo, like, I'm very sorry this all happened. Yeah, I or- should have seen it coming
0: yeah also cheeky asshole <laughs> also apparently the visions have now stopped that the black hole is not there that's not explained i, I, I... was
1: gonna say i i i and suddenly the visions i'm assuming that the visions were as uh, um the the assumption I pulled from that is that the visions were there as long as the black hole existed i, I or at least the weapon existed i think as long Which as is now
0: gone yeah as long as the, the the containment that he was getting zapped by or that he was in close proximity to the black it, it's not explained, but the point is it's not there anymore yeah. um so yeah, then Crichton goes to he goes into the, have some food where Rigel has still just about just about finished eating yeah he's been and eating this entire episode and he's
1: be, has been... oh the poor guy
0: yeah the food binge, and
1: yeah when you start where you start, you really can't stop, he says.
0: I love. There's a really funny bit where Crichton, Crichton, yeah. Crichton, is, Crichton is feeling much more himself now, and he's talking to Rigel and it's like kind of making fun of him. It's like, oh, and he takes a food cube and it's like, eh, food cube? You want a food cube? Food cube. Eh? Ooh, food cube. <laughs> Rigel just floats off. It's just like, oh, oh, oh no. no. Please don't. And then Dargo comes in, and we have another scene between Dargo and Crichton, and Dargo is kind he feels bad that he yeah. got suckered in by this and uh, Crichton is trying to talk to him but you know dargo doesn't want to talk about doesn't really want to talk about it and so Crichton says what about your crime that you did and he says i don't want to talk about that either you know doesn't want to talk about his personal life he yeah says. pretty much um but then and Crichton's like all right okay well i'm not going to push you and um but then dargo says that I'm sorry, I fell for a female during a crisis, but it's been it's been so long, basically. And John's response is, "Now that I get, yep, I totally get that. He can understand that. Uh, uh, he can relate to that. And that's it. That's episode five. That's back and back and back to the future. Yeah. What did we think?
1: Uh eh. I mean, I really like it as a Dargo episode. Yep because it really fleshes out his character. We get some other pieces of uh, information as well from the, uh, tiny bits of the other characters. Yeah. Apparently, as you said, this is where John's nutca- uh, uh, unhinged well,
0: starts. Well, that's where I... I've, yeah, this is the first episode where I've really sort of seen that start to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think like the low point of the episode for me is definitely Matala. She's,
1: yeah, Matalla and I'm sorry. The black space, the black hole. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm I'm a science communication major. I'm very sorry. I actually, actually,
0: I don't think we've talked about this. Both of us are science communication <laughs> yeah. majors. Fun fact, actually, yeah, my my speciality was physics, and Mine's biology. So,
1: <laughs> so I, I feel I feel between the two of us, we we've, we've actually got a lot of Farscape science covered,
0: <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Matalla and the black hole. Like I'm used to kind of. Uh, sci-fi stuff not making sense but a piece of a black hole is pretty egregious make up
1: make up your own stuff if you make up your own there's a lot of cool things you can think of like go ahead like even if they had stuck with quantum singularity never calling it a black hole i would have accepted it even though technically that is a black hole but it's like eh. because then you need an extra
0: level of knowledge to know that they mean a black hole and so, yeah. generally, and then it's then it's just
1: really... a, then it's just a funny funny jab at it.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: But yeah, I just,
0: so yeah, I had a problem with that, but I had more of a problem with Metala's obviously evil act and also very bad acting. Yeah, kind of bad acting, unfortunately. But yeah. other than that, like Rigel didn't really do
1: much. But no, that's a, that's it's always a sad day when Rigel doesn't do much. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got the last. The last episode was mostly about him. So
0: I wonder as well, like Rigel and pilot were both not in this episode a huge amount. Nope. I wonder if that was part of like cost saving in that they didn't have to do all the
1: puppet work in that episode. could see that being a case. I mean, especially seeing how big the main cast of um, Farscape is, I'm actually quite okay if they rotate a bit. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, this character is just there in the background. It's not They're not part of the main plot uh, this week. Mm. I mean, you could see that happening to Eren or Zahn and Dargo at some point as well. yeah. So, but yeah, like I, I thought the, the
0: looping, uh, the time loop plot yeah. is, a pretty, is, a, is a good one, but I mean, it's, it's a plot we've seen before in science fiction quite this, a lot.
1: I mean, I've, I hinted at this being the time loop episode. Yeah. Really, I mean, as I talked about the clone episode, I also mentioned that there's such a trope as time loop episode. And this is it. Partially already fit. I saw the title of this and I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's probably the time loop episode. Yeah,
0: like the most probably one of the most well-known ones is Cause and Effect from Star Trek Next Generation, which was uh made in 1992 and this was made oh, in right. 1999.
1: Does, doesn't that one open with the with the Enterprise just explodes? Yeah, that one's that's yeah, the that's one with the that's a good opening. That's
0: the one where the Enterprise repeatedly explodes. So this is a pretty straightforward a pretty a pretty standard plot. Yeah. But I
1: think it's done pretty well and It's, it's a good one. They did nice variations I on think it, especially the, because they all end with John dying <laughs> and, his, and he actually responds to that trauma like I would expect somebody to Yeah, he, he actually gets very
0: shaken up by it and yeah. the other thing I would say is the episode doesn't really start to come together until we realize that he's having visions of the future. So yeah. it's a bit of a slow start but once it really, once it does start going it's pretty good. I feel there's enough there that, that the
1: slow start isn't that bad. Yeah.
0: So I think overall I would Say that's kind of you know just a bit above average. It's not mm-hmm. the not the best episode. It's not the worst episode, but it's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. There are some things to uh, complain about. Some things nitpicky. Some things not. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm uh, actually I'm going to give it a three. Yeah, I would agree with that. And FarscapeWorld.com's user reviews also agree with that. That's an average of three, so it looks like yeah, three out of five. Three out of five. So you know, not too not too bad. Not the best, but. Pretty okay.
1: Very, very decent, passable episode. It gets the job done. It has some bits like.
0: "Mm." Clearly, the standout part of this episode, though, were guest star Claudia Black's abs.
1: Yes, definitely. (laughs) I think. I think. uh, I'm really hoping they bring bring those back for a a A future episode, future episode. Because yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well,
0: (laughs) but speaking of future episodes, what have we got up next? It's episode six. Thank God it's Friday again. Wait, what? Yeah.
1: Oh, no, not another like another time loop episode.
0: Okay, okay. I'm not going to give too much away, but it's not another time loop episode. Don't. It's, don't. it's okay. It's fine. Because
1: that really would have been a
0: perfect title for a time loop episode. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'll be doing that next week uh, on the Fast Get Rewatch podcast. And I think that this is the last time we all have to talk about things being out of order. Things ah. are now in the correct order, no matter, you know, UK air date, US air date, from here on out. So Good, we'll good, be... good. Everything's fine, but yeah, we'll be back next week with that. And uh, thank you for listening. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by you viewers like you. The Can't Wear Hats Patreon supports this podcast, along with all the other projects that I'm uh, doing, streaming and videos and all that stuff. So you can find that on Patreon.com/cantwearhats, and you can find all the other stuff on YouTube.com/cantwearhats uh, for the other episodes. And you can find both of us on Twitter. I am at Can't Wear Hats on Twitter, and your and Red is at Vodolkin in Tree. Yes. Hooray! And so, if you have any comments about the episode, uh, let us know. And yeah, yeah, we'll be back next week. We will be back next week with Thank God It's Friday Again. Thank you all for watching, and goodbye. Bye bye. Hello everybody, welcome to the Fast Get Rewatch podcast, episode 5, Back and Back and Back to the Future. I'm Wear Hats, and joining me
1: is Red Nightmare. Oh no, not again. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs>